Hello and welcome to the Quietly Visible podcast. I'm your host, Carol Stewart, founder of the Bounding Solutions and author of Quietly Visible, Leading with Influence and Impact as an Introverted Woman. And this is the podcast for introverted women who want to thrive as leaders and in life. Now, today I'm going to be talking about a topic which is something which I'm very uh, passionate about. It's something which I talk about a lot in my work, in my coaching, in my workshops. And it's something which I believe is one of the keys to leadership success. And to talk about this with me, I have with me Dr. Nia Thomas, um, and she is the Director of Thoughts and Ideas and knowing at Knowing Self, Knowing Others. And she spent over 20 years working in the public sector across local government, the NHS and civil service, predominantly in Wales, and then the last few years moving to England. Her passion is for children and family support, ensuring that babies and children have the opportunity to thrive and flourish, supported by adults who care for, nurture and love them. And she currently works as an assistant director in a children's charity. And throughout her career, Nee has been interested in working relationships, the dynamics between people and the impact both good and bad relationships have on individuals and their ability to effectively deliver their work. This led to her to develop an interest in self-awareness, leader, leader effectiveness and leadership at all levels, which became the focus of her doctoral research. And she launched the Knowing Self Knowing Others podcast in September 2022 to take her research from academia to the office. And it also establishes a body of exploration into self-aware leadership. And that is the topic of our conversation today, self-awareness. So hello, Nia, and welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Carol. It's really great to be here. It's great to have you here. Um, and before we delve into the topic of self-awareness, just please tell us a little bit more about who you are. I certainly will. So thank you, Carol. It's uh, absolutely lovely to be here with you today and, and great to have the opportunity to talk to you on your podcast. So uh, you did a brilliant introduction, actually. I'm, I'm not quite sure what's left for me to say. Um, but you're right. I have worked for over 20 years in the public sector predominantly in Wales and I'm sure um, listeners will be able to hear the Wales in my accent. Um, My interest in self-awareness really started um, through my experiences in the world of work. So I had um, some experiences that were less than positive and some experiences that were extremely positive and in taking the opportunity to really step back and think about those experiences I was trying to think about what are the commonalities because one was very negative one was very positive what were the commonalities that really kept drawing me back to those situations and really it was about people relationships and whether the individuals who were in those relationships were aware of how they were behaving and the impact they were having on others right okay Okay. And so when we talk about self-awareness, what, what, what does that mean? So I guess people will have heard that self-awareness described as being two parts. But when I did my research, for me, there are three parts. So 
there's what I refer to as internal self-awareness, which is this ability to really recognize uh, the self-changing uh, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, uh, values, strengths and abilities. And this is very much through reflection and introspection. So it's that self-looking inwards. And I guess my my academic definition is internal self-awareness, but I tend to call this the reflection layer. Then when I was looking through the research, there's I can see another layer that bridges the internal and the external and I call it internal social self-awareness and it's about recognizing how the self is received and perceived by others so it's that uh, recognition that actually others have an opinion about you and that you are perceived as somebody who is trustworthy or funny or reliable but it's that acknowledgement that you are perceived by others as you perceive others and then you've got this uh, third outer layer I guess which are a I refer to as the external social self-awareness layer and that's the ability to recognize the self's impact on other people and the ability to respond and regulate that impact so really those are quite academic terms. So reflection, recognition and regulation are the three layers that I refer to when I talk about self-awareness. Right. OK. And so you, you talked about two situations where one is a very positive one and um, one was a negative one. Um, and, and what was it about those situations that led you to come to look at and research self-awareness in such great detail so the the first one was very much a personal impact and it was the behavior of four layers of uh, individuals within an organization and I think probably uh, 15 20 years on we would probably refer to that as bullying but at the time it was something that we just put up with it was something that we didn't really recognize um and really the organizational infrastructure around that support wasn't strong enough so we just continued and we tolerated or we moved on so I was in the middle of that experience and I think it took me around 10-12 years to step away from that and be able to reflect on it and think about why did I keep going back to it what was so fundamental about it that was engaging my brain I guess and it was about the impact that these very intelligent people were having on others and my big question was do you know you're having this impact on others do you know and don't care that you're having an impact on others or do you just not know so that was the one situation. The second situation was watching individuals who didn't have uh, a title of job title of manager or didn't have the job title of leader, but nevertheless, they were leading teams, they were leading their peers. And again, I kept being drawn back to the situation and thinking, what is it about this situation that is of interest to me? And and I guess similar questions around 
does this individual know the impact that they're having on others? Do they know that they are viewed as a leader and have followers? Do they know and don't care? Or do they simply not know? So even though they were very different situations, the, the questions that I kept thinking about at three o'clock in the morning were very similar. So as you said in your introduction, it, my interest is in self-awareness, leader effectiveness and leadership at all levels. So it's that self-awareness of, do I know the impact I'm having on others? How then does that affect me as a leader with a big L or a little L? And leadership at all levels, because leadership doesn't necessarily follow with a title. Right. OK. And thanks for that. And and self-awareness is something which um, I think all leaders um, have. Um, and and I think for introverted women leaders in particular, being self-aware so that they they know how um, the not just not just other people, but the environment has on them as well in terms of the, you know, the way that the environment may be overly stimulating for them um, and cause them to sort of feel drained of energy. So is self-awareness something that people automatically have or is it something that is developed or both? I guess it's both. But what I have discovered, certainly through the conversations that I've had with guests on my podcast, is that you have a cadre of people who have self-awareness and are self-aware enough to seek out development opportunities. And then you have the cadre of people who are not self-aware. And people who've heard me talk before, I the people who are not self-aware, I tend to think of Donald Trump is, is, my, uh, <laughs> is my go-to when I'm thinking of people who are not self-aware. So uh, I think self-awareness can be developed if you recognize that it is a thing that self-awareness is something that you need to develop that you have and you need to develop it but I think if you don't recognize that it exists it is that much more difficult for people around you to have that conversation about what is self-awareness you are lacking in self-awareness you need to develop your self-awareness so I think it's it's a it's a real challenge to to lift that lid I guess on self-awareness I'm yeah. sure that there are uh, lots of people within our working world who have never been exposed to the conversation about self-awareness and once you start to talk about what is it how do we develop it then they are in a position where they can go further and develop it in, in, in themselves. But I think it's it's an interesting discussion about, are we born with it? If we know about it, how do we develop it? If we don't have it, how then do we work in the world? Mm. And, um, you know, in terms of what you said about uh, Donald Trump and that lack of self-awareness. Yeah. Uh, so how will somebody know or recognize that they lack self-awareness ah that's really interesting it's that you don't know what you don't know mm -hmm. and I think you have to even if it's a very small chink of light you have to have that openness to hear when somebody is is 
talking about self-awareness and your self-awareness specifically. So I think it's very difficult if you have individuals who are not self-aware and you're having to work around them, being able to almost break down that barrier to get beyond that, to have that conversation about how are you perceived. But but I wonder if if there are other skills that maybe coaches would have in terms of how they talk to individuals. Maybe you can go about it in a slightly different way, talking about uh, activities at work, thinking about um, how meetings are run or how a, an individual chairs a meeting. Maybe there are different avenues that you can talk about what an individual is doing to lead you to the conversation about how are they doing it? Yeah, and and if this this is something that you know does come up quite often in coaching where leaders lack self awareness, um, and then sort of coaching helps them to see, you know, well, that's why people respond the way that they do to them, or um, you know, sort of thinking of a a, a situation whereby uh, leaders who lack self awareness, um, where they have been perfectionist um Mm. outward perfectionist and have had unrealistic expectations of their teams and not being having the self-awareness to see the impact of the pressure that they were putting on them because of their unrealistic expectations and then wondering why uh, their teams they didn't have a good relationship with their teams or their teams tried to would avoid them and that sort of thing but once they recognize the 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 lack of self-awareness as to what was going on and started to work on it and develop their self-awareness it was a it was a revelation for them yeah definitely and it's that once you get through that door that that chink of light I think if somebody's willing to open themselves up just a little I think they start to understand, they start to become curious, they start to explore, and then you, you, you're pushing on an open door. And I think you're in a far better position to be able to help individuals to grasp hold of themselves and to get to know themselves better. But I think that that challenge is opening that door, just that chink. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I think the the, the trouble is where leaders don't recognize their self they lack self-awareness and they're not open to hearing when people talk to them or um or exploring that they lack self-awareness that I think is a a challenge Um, yeah definitely and it's interesting because I've had this conversation about leaders that that we know in the media so Elon Musk Donald Trump, as we've mentioned, they Mm -hmm. are very clear leaders of organisations, but we know that their relational skills are lacking because the way that they treat the people around them uh, grates with us. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I keep asking the question of if the world of work is so reliant on relationships, how do these people get into these positions and retain these positions? And there's this discussion about, well, if they continue to achieve the KPIs and they keep 
continue to bring in the revenue, maybe that is just sufficient enough for the stakeholders or the executive board to tolerate the individual and for people around them to tolerate them, to keep them in those leadership positions. But it's interesting, the people that I've spoken to have said there is leadership versus great leadership. And I think leadership that is purely about the KPIs and the money and, and what they are drawing in versus great leaders who have those real relational skills. Yeah, and, and I think that that type of leader is the kind of leaders that are, we need in these days. You know, when you think about what we've been through the past three years, the pandemic, the state of the economy, um, I think people are wanting those relational leaders. Um, Otherwise, you know, they will vote with their feet. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh And I think that the importance of employee and colleague well-being is at a very different stage than it was five years ago. And I think that the leaders who are focused purely on the bottom line and the KPIs, I wonder if in five years time there will be far less of them than they were five years ago because our expectations as employees has changed so much during the pandemic. That's right, yeah. And and the the the, the problem is so with if you sort of look at Elon Musk and Donald Trump as an example, you know, they they started their own businesses, their own empires. So they are sort of they rule the roost, so to speak. Yeah. Um yeah. But in, you know, in the long term, I do think that it will have implications for those types of organisations, even though it is their own that they've started. Yeah, I think you're right. People choose with their feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so your research. So, tell us a bit about the kind of research that you did. And um, yeah. so, um, with being my background being in the public sector, I was convinced that I would be doing statistical research because having worked in lots of organisations that are uh, very much focused on the numbers and the outputs, um, I was convinced that that's what I was going to do. So I did a survey of Welsh public sector um, individuals and asked them questions about their own self-awareness and their manager's self-awareness. And the figures that I had back were okay. They weren't uh, there weren't as many feedback or responses to the survey as I expected. Um, and the the number of men that responded to the survey weren't as as high as the population of the Welsh public service. If you looked at it as a as a, an average uh, across the two, so I had a a, a number of female. Uh, responses that were disproportionate to the number of female employees in the Welsh Public Service. So I also carried out some interviews with men and the it was very interesting asking the questions, the same questions that I'd posed in the survey, but asking them in the form of an interview. And actually the feedback I was having was the same. So it really helped validate uh, the information I was having back. So the importance of um, care, what is leadership, how do we define it, what equates self-awareness, did people think that stress had an impact on their self-awareness and with that that helped me develop the definition that I I talked about earlier about self-awareness and leader effectiveness. So one something that I found 
interesting and became important in terms of my definitions that I, I developed was that there are two different forms of skills. So there's first order knowledge, which I guess we talked about in terms of the KPIs and um, being able to, to draw in the revenue to an organization. That's very much hard skill, technical skill. So I guess we could say fixing a computer or brain surgery or fixing a bicycle, something that's very technical. So I refer to that as first order knowledge. And then there's second order knowledge, which is that emotions and behaviors. And for me, uh, I like simple. So for me, it's what you do and the way you do it. So when you're thinking about leader effectiveness, it's not just what you do, it's the way that you do it. Um, and I know there's a song there as well. But, <laughs> and really, when I looked at what is self-awareness, what is leader effectiveness through the lens of self-awareness, the, the three-layer def definition that I developed of reflection, recognition and regulation really fitted across both. So self for self-awareness, it was about looking inward, looking to my periphery and then looking outward. For leader effectiveness, it was understanding and reflecting on my first order knowledge, my technical skills, and my second order knowledge, my emotions and behaviours, recognising how that impacts others and being able to regulate that. So that that definition of self-awareness fed very much into the definition of leader effectiveness through the lens of self-awareness. Right. OK. And so how does someone go about developing self-awareness? Well, I think it's the $64 million question. And <laughs> the, there are I think there are grades to it in the sense that you can do something very small or you can do something more elaborate and involved. So something that that I I have done over the years is simply write down three words that I think I can describe myself following uh, an exchange in work, whether that be in a meeting or delivering a paper or delivering a presentation and asking some people who know me well and don't know me well what three words they would use to describe me and comparing those. Mm -hmm. And that's quite interesting because there is a, a group of studies called the Self-Other Rating study, Studies, which I rate me, you rate me. So taking that idea of I have three words, you have three words about me, let's compare them. And that gives you an idea of how self-aware you are in terms of how others see you. So... Yeah. There is asking for feedback from trusted sources. So that might be your line manager or that might be a peer that you've worked with. But I think we've all heard the phrase of, of don't take feedback from people you don't respect. And I think it's about working out who those respected people are that you want feedback from. But there are when we talk about feedback, there's this idea of feeding back about something you have done and you cannot change and the impact on you if the feedback is negative. Mm -hmm. So do you actually ask the question about feedback about something I've done or do you pose the question in terms of what could I do? So uh, Tasha Urich has written a book called Insight and this is what she discovered in her research was ask questions that 
when you have the answer, you can do something with that answer. Because if you're asking about what can I do, you're in a position to to influence it. If you're asking the question about what what did I do, you can do nothing about it. You can mm. only change next time. So you may as well ask that question in the first place. Yeah. Then there is coaching. Um, and coaching really does give you that opportunity to think out loud, speak out loud, have your thoughts fed back to you so that you can reflect on them. Um, and coaching seems to be a very powerful tool in building up individual self-awareness. Yes, there's, also, <laughs> there's also mentoring in terms of, I suppose it's it's somewhere between that uh, feedback with possibly an element of some coaching if you have mentors who are very experienced in drawing that out. But you have that opportunity to ask your mentors to put the mirror up to you so that you can have that conversation about how are others relating to me? How do others view me? Then you have 360 degree reviews, which um, if they are managed effectively, they can be very, very helpful. You have psychometric tests. Um, and journaling, I think um, Stephen Bartlett, if um, Diary of a CEO, something that he talks about is journaling. And and I think you need to build in reflection time in your day, especially if you're a busy leader. Um, I think the busier you are, the more you need to ensure that you are giving yourself time to reflect so that you can journal or you can ask the question of colleagues, what could I do differently next time? But going back to Stephen Bartlett, that idea of journaling. So he reflects and reviews and he goes back to his diaries. And that is something very powerful because it's something only you look at. It's something you share with yourself. And in doing that, there is this idea that you need to be very, very honest with yourself. Brutal honesty um, is probably the best policy if you're being self-reflective. Um, but do that in a safe space. So whether that's a journal or a, a, a locked file on your computer, whatever that may be. So there are lots of different layers in terms of developing your self-awareness. That might be something very small or you can involve others, whether you can do a team supervision session or a team building session session and then you can involve 360 degree reviews within your team and psychometric testing within your teams which takes that beyond just looking at yourself how does your team relate to you yeah and then I would advocate all what you've said there um, in terms of that developing that self-awareness journaling is something that I um I do regularly as well and it's something that I I do highly recommend it's a great space for just looking at yourself and why you've responded the way that you respond to situations and um, exploring why people may have reacted to you in a particular way and it's it's something it's very powerful a very very powerful tool simple but very powerful yeah carol i can i pose a question to you mm -hmm. how do you uh, structure the time to be able to journal is it something that you diarize or is it just something that you do so frequently it's become a habit so how do you find that time within your day to make sure that that happens I, it's something that I do first thing in the morning okay. uh, and it's become something that I um, it's become a habit 
it's something mm-hmm. that I, you know, first thing in the morning, I will get make a cup of coffee um, and journal. And it's something I do, I do it most days. I don't, it's not every day, but it's most days that I do it. But it's just become part of my daily routine. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. And I think if listeners are thinking about how they can build reflection into their day, it has to work for you as an individual, mm-hmm. whether that is with your cup of coffee in the morning or it is a journal by your bed. If you want to make it useful to you, it has to fit into your day, just like exercise and, and all of those other things that we know are really good for us. If if journaling is useful, it has to fit into your day. And and that is so that is so true. It's finding, as you said, what works for you, what works for the each individual. Some for some people it might be first thing in the morning, for some people it might be before they go to bed. Some people might like to handwrite, I mean which is what I do. Some people might want an elect, electronic one and um and have something which is um online or electronic. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, it's finding what works for you. Yeah. Um, so you, so your podcast. Tell us a bit about your your podcast. That's about um, self awareness and leadership. Tell us a little bit about what sort of topics you explore on there. So my podcast was very much born out of wanting to take um, all of the information I'd gathered through my academic studies to the office. So I wanted to, if you like, de academize it um, so that it was accessible to people and in thinking about how I could do that I was thinking well I can blog or I can run training sessions but how do I do this so that there's a record and that it's potentially can be accessible globally and a podcast seemed to make absolute sense so I talk to guests from all over the world they may have organizational psychology backgrounds or they may be a CEO or a director of an organization whether that's a commercial organization or public sector so they people come from all backgrounds but there is this interest and ability to talk about self-awareness and self-aware leadership So when I um, talked about my research earlier, I said that I had done a survey and interviews. They were based on uh, standard questions. So they were semi-structured interviews, but they were based on the questions were very similar. I've used those questions. So for every guest that I have on the podcast, they are asked these questions. So what is self-awareness? What is the link between self-awareness and leader effectiveness? Do you think that individuals at the most strategic level of organizations have more self-awareness than leaders at other elements of the organization? So I ask all guests these same questions because people come from different backgrounds and I am interested in hearing what they bring to the self-awareness and self-aware leadership table that others don't. And it's been really interesting. I I think I've I've done about 25 interviews in total now. There are definitely some similarities in how people are viewing self-aware leadership, but people come at it from such a different perspective. They come at it from um, being in the army or whether they are nurses and they've worked through the NHS or they come from commercial companies. And it's so interesting to hear those similarities and those differences. And really, that for me, it's about taking that discussion about self-awareness into the workplace 
they are short podcasts so they're usually about 30 minutes between 25 and 35 minutes so that they are accessible and I think uh, one of the things that that one of the standards that I would set myself is if workplaces are talking about these in their team meetings so after every podcast I do a top takeaways reflections piece so that's both written and I do little video clips so they go on TikTok and YouTube as well and what I would absolutely love is to hear or know that teams are taking those top takeaways and talking about them in their team meeting because for me that would mean that the message about self-awareness and self-aware leadership is really getting out there into the workplace and that's what it's all about for me that's what the podcast is about yeah yeah and I guess by asking those questions it's an extension of your research as well isn't it most definitely it yeah. it's yeah by by default creates a, an extended body of research that first asked by survey secondly asked by a interview thirdly asked through podcasting so mm-hmm. yes most definitely it, it it pushes the pushes that information and, and extends that information pool about self-aware leadership yeah great well fantastic that's um been very interesting self-awareness is as I said I think it is key to effective leadership um so if listeners want to find out more about you listen to your podcast where's the best place for them to go they can find me on knowingselfknowingothers.co.uk and that will take them to all of the uh, social media platforms so LinkedIn I'm, I'm busiest on also available on TikTok YouTube Instagram and uh, if they want to listen to the podcast, it's available on Good Pods, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and all of the um, favourite podcasts that people are using. So it, by all means, if you connect with me on LinkedIn first as last, then you will be able to get a link to my link tree, which will take you everywhere. Great. Well, thank you so much, Nia. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Carol. It's been a fabulous conversation. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, do go check Nia out, uh, connect with her on LinkedIn, go and listen to her podcast and get some great insights from her guests. And if you want to increase your confidence, influence and impact, and if you haven't completed the free assessment on my website, go to aboundingsolutions.com. There's a free assessment on there that you can complete that will give you ideas about areas that you can focus on. And so until the next time, bye.